Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. You know that, I don't have to tell you this, the landscape in education is pretty bleak right now, from certain perspectives at least, particularly when it comes to burnout. Burnout, teacher burnout particularly, is very real and very widespread. Teaching has always been exhausting, but we are reaching epic proportions. And honestly, we could be heading for a bit of an educational apocalypse if something doesn't change. A lot of us have been seeing this for a while now, seeing this potential mass exodus of teachers and just, I mean, this could be really, really bad. So why am I saying that? You're like, Linda, this is supposed to be encouraging to me. I'm saying it because ignoring it isn't going to help fix it. Seeing a problem clearly is the first step to fixing it. And I came across a concept, no, not super recently, maybe about a year or two ago. And it was actually in a business book called Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. But it is really powerful. And I think it really actually has a lot to do with the situation we're facing right now. Now, I will say, I do not have all the answers, not even close. This is going to be a unique episode because a lot of times I come to you with like, okay, here's my suggestions. Do this, 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 and this. But this is a little different. This is a a thought that is in progress, meaning I have not worked it all the way out. I'm still, it's still percolating in my mind. I'm coming, kind of coming to you in medias ray, in the middle of the action. <laughs> um, I probably pronounced that horribly for you, that people that know Latin. But um, we're coming to you mid-thought because I just feel like I can't wait until this is all perfectly figured out in my mind to share it with you. I want to share it with you with the hopes of sparking some conversation and creative thinking, okay? So here's how we're going to handle this episode. First, I'm going to explain the concept and give an example from outside the educational sphere. I want you to stick with me for a minute because at first you might be like, Linda, what does this have to do with anything? Okay, but it I promise it does. So first we're going to kind of explore it outside the educational sphere because that's where the concept came from. Then we're going to bring it in and talk about what might this look like in a school. Then I'm going to talk to administrators. If there's any administrators here, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I'm going to talk about some ways admins can apply that. That Those are going to be more obvious. And then we're going to finish up by talking to teachers because I know a lot of you are teachers and I don't want you to feel like, oh, this is out of my control. Like only an administrator can can implement this. Well, there's some things only administrator can do, but there's a lot that you as a teacher can do in ways you can apply this concept, even if your admin never hears this podcast and has no idea what we're talking about. Okay, so here we go. So the concept is called a queen bee role. And this concept comes from the book Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, which is actually a business book. It's about how to help your business or honestly any organization like a school um, to run more efficiently and effectively, um, which is part of the issue that we're facing right now is there's so much stuff clogging out what's important. And that's what the concept of a queen bee role is. And that's the concept we're going to explore. A queen bee role is... Um, a recognition that there is a function within every organization that is its most important function and that that function, if you can recognize it and then prioritize it, is the most important thing that will like make or break your success. And so here's how Mike Michalowicz in his book explains this because he figured this out 
by watching, observing how bee colonies work and then applying, because the bee colonies are incredibly efficient. They get so much done so quickly. He's like, how do they work? And then he applied it to business or to organizational efficiency, the efficiency of any organization. Once again, stick with me. I know you're like, Linda, what are we talking about? It will make sense. Okay. Let me read from his book. Here's how bee colonies operate. Quote, number one, a hive has a queen bee and her role is to lay eggs. The task of laying eggs is the queen bee role. He calls it the QBR. If the queen bee role is humming along, eggs are laid and the colony is positioned to grow fast and easily. If the queen bee is not fulfilling her role of laying eggs, the entire hive is in jeopardy. Number two. Every bee knows the most critical function for the colony to thrive is the production of eggs. So the queen bee, who is designed to fulfill that role, is protected and served. She is fed. She is sheltered. She is not distracted by anything other than doing her job. So that role is protected. Number three. Don't confuse the queen bee as having as being the most important part of the colony. It is the role she serves that is most important. Eggs need to be made quickly and continually. One specific queen or another is not critical. The queen bee role is what is critical. So if the queen bee dies or is failing to produce eggs, the colony will immediately get to work spawning another queen bee so the queen bee role can get going again. Number four, whenever the bees are satisfied that the queen bee role is being served, then they go off to do their primary job, which could be collecting pollen and nectar food, caring for the eggs and larvae, maintaining the hive temperature, or defending the hive from being exploited, (laughs) then he, he, he jokes, from being exploited by NPR reporters. So... He goes on to say, after learning how beehives scale so efficiently, I had the aha moment of a lifetime. I realized that declaring and serving the queen bee role would radically improve any business and quality of life. He's talking about business, but like I said, it applies to an organization and a school. So let's think about how this might apply. Okay, actually, first, I said I was going to give you an example from outside the educational sphere because I felt like this example was super helpful in understanding what we're talking about. Then we'll apply it to education. So this example also comes from Mike's book, but I'm going to paraphrase it rather than quoting it. So he gives an example of how in an emergency room, an emergency room applied this concept. Now, you guys know emergency rooms, man, if you've been to one lately, especially there, it's just a nightmare. Like you're in there. I mean, I keep hearing all these stories, people. You're in the, you're in the ER for hours before you get get helped, you know, unless you're bleeding out. Um, so he said, though, that an organization, an ER room got a hold of this concept and started applying it. And what they did basically is said, okay, what is the most important thing that is being done? And they realized it was doctors treating patients. And they said, okay, that is the critical function of our ER. What if we rearranged our workflow so that that was prioritized and protected so that the doctors were not, were basically only doing what only they can do. So like the nurse can't, you know, can't be the doctor. The receptionist can't be the redoc- the doctor. Only the doctors can do that. But, you know, the doctors had been taking up so much time with paperwork and dictation and like all these other things or, you know, that they actually didn't need to be the one doing. And so they rearranged their ER so that the doc, the role of 
Doctor seeing patients was prioritized, and everyone in the ER worked to clear space for the doctors to do what only they could do, and the doctors prioritized doing the piece only they could do and let other people take the other part, and before they knew it, the ER was humming so efficiently. You came in, you got seen, you got out. It was incredible. So that's the idea of how this works, okay? Now, I hope you're starting to think a little bit about, like, what would this look like in a school? So in all honesty... Like I said, this is a work in progress. I'm actually still trying to pinpoint exactly what the queen bee role is in a school. I have a bunch of thoughts. But I know it has something to do with teachers teaching and that moment of learning. I, I threw out a bunch of phrases. I start with I started with teaching and relationships because relationships are a key part of this. Um, and then I said teacher-student um like interactions. And then this is where I landed for now. Like I said, work in progress. I'm going to sum it up as helping students learn. So is that the perfect explanation of the queen bee role of a school? No. And it's possible that even from school to school that would vary. But I, I think... I think I can be pretty confident to say that like actually like helping students learn something in that vicinity is the queen bee role of the school. That is what really matters. And I'm not saying other things don't matter, but like that is like the make or break, do or die. (laughs) Are we helping students learn? Are students learning? And it happens with the teacher and the student, like that specific teacher-student thing of I'm, I'm teaching. My students are learning, you know, whatever it is. Okay, so let's just go with helping students learn, but please with the caveat of recognizing that might not be the perfect phraseology. That might, I might not be pinpointing that exactly, but we're we're in the ballpark, so it can still be helpful, okay? So going with the Queen Bee role of helping students learn, this would involve actual teaching itself, right? Um, basically anything we do to help students learn during actual class. So if we're like facilitating an activity where they're, that they're doing on their own, we're helping the students learn, right? That's part of that. And preparing lessons to teach is definitely part of this because we need to be prepared for that moment of helping students learn, right? Okay. So once again, let me, let me look back to the, say that again. What am, what am I putting in here? What is part of this queen bee role? Well, it's actual teaching. Basically, almost anything we're doing in class, if it's to help students learn, so I mean, if we're doing time-wasting thing, that's not part of the Queen Bee role, but if we're actively helping students learn, that's part of it. Um, And then lesson prep is part of it, right? Because we have to be prepared to teach. I'm not saying other things don't matter, but that is like the core, right? Now, imagine this with me. Imagine if this function in a school, (laughs) teaching students, helping students learn, was prioritized and protected at all costs. Like a bee colony prioritizes and protects making sure eggs are being laid at all costs. I mean, how empowering would this be for teachers? How much more learning would take place? How would schools be different? Let's go back over the bees. In the bee colony, every bee... Everyone in the bee colony knows the queen bee role is the most important role and it must be protected and served. They know that queen bee cannot be distracted from the role of laying eggs. What would it look like if the teacher's role of helping students learn was viewed as the most important role and everyone in the organization made their best effort to keep teachers from being distracted from this most important role? role. I mean, wow. (laughs) How different would schools look? And can you, I feel like just even asking that question, it's like, 
wow, things would be really different and infinitely better for everyone involved. Back to the bees. Okay, this is not to say teachers are the most important people in the school. Remember, like the bees, it's about the role. Okay, so just like if a queen bee stops producing eggs, the bee will just make a new queen to keep the role going. This is not about saying teachers are more important than admins or are more important than that. No, it's not about who's important. It's about the role. And in um in the case of like in the in the colony, only the queen can do this role and the ER, it's like only the doctors can do this part. In the school, for the most part, only the teachers are actually doing this. And so if the whole school rallied around that role, worked to take things away that were distracting, worked to do things that would help, wow. Wow. Okay. And then this part I found really helpful too. When the worker bees know that the queen bee role is happening, when they know eggs, it's, it's all going good, then they go off to do their primary job, collecting food, caring for eggs, etc. In a school, what would it look like if everyone made sure that students were learning first and foremost? So in other words, if learning is stopped, everyone like fixes it before going back to their primary job. What would that look like? So again, I know I don't have a lot of the answers in this episode, but I, I think c- com- contemplating this question can be really, really powerful. As I said, this is just the beginning of the conversation. But honestly, in many schools, what's happening right now isn't working and it isn't sustainable. Um, and I think we need to be honest and ask if that's what it's like at your school. Some schools are doing great, but there's somewhere we're about to hit a crisis point here. So if we're going to find a way to make this work, it might take some big shifts. Or in some cases, maybe your school's already kind of doing some of this without even realizing it, and embracing this could make you, like, shoot off at an even better pace, okay? I think this is powerful in either case. All right, I said we're going to first explain the concept of the Queen Bee role, then explore what it might look like in a school. Now I'm going to talk to admins for a minute, and then I'm going to talk to teachers, okay? So um, admins, I want to share some thoughts on how this might work on your end. So teachers, I hope you'll listen in on this and maybe even share this episode with your administrator. But even if your administrator is like doing the opposite of what I'm talking about right now, we're still going to come back in a minute and talk about what you can do even if your administrator, like I said, is kind of moving in the opposite direction. So, So stick with us. So administrators, here's just a few things to consider. Number one, what would it look like if teachers did not have extra duties like lunch duty, aftercare monitoring, study hall monitoring? Um, and I'm talking particularly about the teachers that need more prep time. I mean, I know sometimes you can get to a point as a veteran where you don't need that prep time, but there's especially younger and newer teachers like that could really need um, that prep time. And like we're taking our experts and distracting them from the most important role by having them babysit kids after school. So we can start asking ourselves the question, how could we cover these duties in other ways so teachers have more time to prepare their lessons? This is a mindset shift because I feel like the way it is right now in most places, it's just like, have the, like anything that comes up, it's like, have the teachers do it, have the teachers do it, have the teachers do it. And teachers are just doing more and more and more and more. And once again, if we see that queen bee role of like helping students learn and we realize how much we've been piling on that, what if we took some of that away and that role could really shine and we made it clear to them why we're doing this because we want this role. Like everyone needs to understand this, but I don't know. It's something to think about, right? Uh, number two, 
What if you looked for things that are getting in the way of the queen bee role of helping students learn and considered ways to reduce or eliminate them? Now, okay, this is not easy answers. None of this is easy. But think about it, like discipline issues. What if we asked, man, what systems can we develop so teachers spend less time dealing with discipline issues and more time actually helping students learn? I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. We could, like This is like, a, this is like, spurring off, you know, twirling off a million other side conversations. But what if we asked a question like that? Or another example, paperwork. Do teachers need to be the one doing all the paperwork? Maybe, maybe not. Could this be done by someone else? Or is there a way that teachers could just like dictate notes and someone else could fill out the paperwork? I don't know. It depends on what it is. But these are the questions we should be asking. We should be asking, what are the things that are bogging teachers down that aren't helping them be better teachers? And can we take some of it away? Can we just get rid of some of it? Can we have someone else do it? Can we just, how can we, how can we do this? Um, Number three, guard teachers prep periods. Um, This is a little bit of a nitpicky. Well, it's not nitpicky. It's a specific example, but it's one that frustrates the the daylights out of teachers and um, is not easily fixed, but can be fixed um, can definitely be fixed with a mindset shift. You know, how often, I want to ask you in your school, how often are teachers' prep periods taken away for one reason or another and sometimes at the last minute? Are they asked to sub for other teachers? Are they asked to cover study halls? Um, if the if the PE teacher isn't there, is there just, oh, no PE today, just keep the kids with you, i.e., you don't get your prep period today, okay? Whatever, if, if this is normal, now listen, we know things happen, okay? Things are going to happen. But is that the norm? Is it just like, oh, no big deal. The teacher can just lose their prep period. It should not be no big deal. It should be a big, big deal and only be done when it's really, really like you've exhausted every other choice, possibly even yeah, just basically, you've exhausted every other choice, okay? Um, so it's really disastrous to a teacher's ability to plan lessons um, when their prep period is pulled out from under them, especially last minute. There there has to be another way. That's what we have to start saying. There has to be another way. And if we recognize and prioritize and protect the role of helping students learn, we'll start to look for other ways. So obviously we could go into this way more, um, but the bottom line is this. As a general rule in education, um, there's some amazing admins out there. I've worked for some of them and I know of some of them, but as a general rule, The teacher's role of helping students learn is not prioritized as much as it should be. There are about a million things that are piled on teachers that do not help them be better at the QBR, helping students learn. Rather, they take away from their ability to do well at that. And honestly, sometimes they're well-intentioned. Sometimes it's like, oh, this new initiative, it's going to help. But then it doesn't. So we need to just be really honest about what is helping and what isn't. And as an admin, maybe this is the best tip I can get give you. Talk to your teachers. Talk to the teacher. Talk to your teachers and find out what's helping, what's hurting. <laughs> you know, how can we, maybe you have a new initiative you need or want to do. I, well, first of all, ask, do we real? is this really going to help? But if it is, ask, how can we implement it in a way that we're not hurting the queen bee role, right? Does that make sense? Okay, so back to what I was saying. That was that was free. What if the entire school recognized the importance of this role, rallied around it, and protected it at all costs? What would that look like?
And I hope you're getting a little bit excited imagining how efficient schools could be if we asked and answered that question over and over and over. Okay, so those were some thoughts for admins. Teachers, here I am with you. Bottom line here for you, teachers, you cannot control the culture of your school. You can't, not single-handedly. You also cannot control how well your administrator understands and supports your queen bee role. You can send them this podcast to get them thinking, and I do recommend doing that. Um, I'd love to hear their thoughts. But in the bottom line is, you can spend so much time and energy worrying about what you can't control, it's going to be wasted. Rather, focus on what you can control. And you as a teacher, recognizing the queen bee role in your own classroom can help your efficiency in your classroom even if the whole organization as a whole isn't recognizing it, okay? So once again, picture with me like a couple levels. There's the whole school. The whole school's on board. Wonderful. But your classroom is its own mini organization as well. And you are the leader of your classroom. So even if your school at large doesn't get this, you can get it in your classroom. So focus on what you can control. Are you prioritizing the queen bee role of helping students learn in your own schedule and your own to-do list? If we're going to do this, we must be brutally picky about what we choose to spend our time on and how much we spend time on different things. So one of the first things you can do is identify which tasks make a big contribution to the queen bee role of helping students learn and which ones don't. Okay. So like, okay, well, like maybe you let's jot down a bunch of things you do and say, which one of these actually really matter? Like this is really matters. And which ones matter none? And which ones matter a little? Get clear on that. Okay. And then you're going to start seeking to prioritize the things that make the biggest difference. Just getting clarity on that in your mind is so, is really helpful. This really matters. This matters some. This honestly, if I stopped doing it, would not affect student learning at all. Doesn't I might still have to do it, but it doesn't help. Okay, getting clear on that. Now, things that do not serve the queen bee role. If you can eliminate them, eliminate them. Sometimes it is within our power to eliminate something that's not actually helping. And we've just held on to it because we've always done it. Or, you know, my favorite teacher used to do it. Or I just, I think I have to, even though I don't. I don't know. We, we just, we tend to accumulate tasks and never let them go. At least that's how I am. Um, so look and see, can I let, do I, do I have, do I honestly have to do this? And you might be surprised if the answer might be no, I don't. If it is, though, let's say you do have to do it. It might be a requirement in some way. Um, This is where you do the bare minimum to meet the requirement or possibly even cut corners if 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 appropriate, okay? Um, so, so look for that. Look at the things, like kind of start with the things that you're like helped none and then look at the things that help only a little and et cetera and say, can I stop doing these or can I do them less often? Or basically, how can I do what I need to do taking the bare minimum time because this is not my queen bee role, okay? This is this is um, not most important. Now, big caveat, but I think important caveat. It's important to recognize where you are because there are other important things. Remember in the bee colony, there's other important roles, right? The bee colony, they do need to collect food. They do need to protect the hive. They do need to take care of the larva. Other things need to happen. And so there are other things in your job as a teacher that are also important, right? Um, so this is the key though. 
the queen bee role is the most important role. So remember in the colony, if that's happening, then all the other jobs happen. If that's not happening, everything else stops, this gets fixed, and then we go back to our other things, okay? That's the concept of how it works. So um, what we need to do is recognize that if you need to be honest, is my queen bee role clicking along just fine? Or is it suffering? If it's, if it's, you know what? It's going great. I'm teaching my students. I, I got my lesson plans down. I've taught the same course for five years. I'm good. Okay, then great. You have time and energy to invest in other priorities. You can lead the club. You, you can do all these things and go all in on it, okay? But if your queen bee role of helping your students learn is suffering and desperately needs more of your time and attention, that's when you gotta cut time spent on other things to make space for what matters most. I think that's an important distinction and hopefully that makes sense. One other thing to consider as a teacher is that even amongst things that serve the queen bee role of helping students learn, things like lesson planning, you still need to be careful of time sucks. So just because we are planning a good lesson that's going to help students learn does not mean we should spend eight hours on it. Okay, I mean, imagine the queen bee in the colony. She cannot afford to spend, you know, I don't I don't know how quickly she lays eggs, but she can't afford to, afford to lay one egg a day. Like, that would not be sustainable, right? She has to do it quickly and efficiently. So we need to learn to be quick and efficient and effective in these roles as much as possible so that we can plan well for all of our classes. So that is another, so this, I guess I'm just saying, this concept is not in isolation. It pairs with other time management concepts. Um, so don't just think, well, I'm, I'm working on my lessons, so this is my queen bee role, so I can take as long as I want. No, we still got to be efficient and effective in what we're doing. Um, but like I said, looking for, um, to spend time on things that are mattering. Um, I mean, that's, just real quick, dissecting and lesson planning. What matters and what doesn't? Does, you know, like let's say you're making a PowerPoint. Does putting the main point on a PowerPoint really help students learn? You might say, yes, it's very important. You might say, actually, no, I don't really need this and this takes me hours a week. Okay, there you got your answer. Or maybe you're like, yes, putting the main point in the PowerPoint does matter, but I end up spending like an hour doing all these, like doing transitions and getting like clip art and like all this stuff. That's not actually helping them learn. I need to cut that. Okay. So get, so you can also do this like within something big, like lesson planning. You can say, okay, where am I spending my time on my lesson planning? What is actually helping and what is not? Um, And you can drill down there too. Okay, I realize this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I haven't given a ton of the practical application here, but I do hope I've I've given a few specifics, and maybe those can get you thinking. Um, I hope to come back to this in the future, but once again, the main goal of this episode is to get you thinking and to get you to ask this core question, what would it look like if I or we recognized helping students learn as the queen bee role in our school, and we started prioritizing supporting it however we can, and protecting it at all costs. What would that look like? If we can start taking small but consistent steps in this direction, we might end up very happy where we find ourselves in the coming months and years and hopefully avert um, the kind of educational apocalypse of teachers leaving the education in mass um, that is 
potentially lurking around the corner. It'd be wonderful if we could avert that um, in in this way. So thank you guys so much for being here. I really enjoyed talking with you. Um, we I do want you to know if you kind of want to, if you would like to work with us, we do have a teacher mentorship program um, where we help you apply a lot of these things and help you figure out, hey, what can I cut from my schedule? How do I prioritize what matters most? And you can find out more about that at teachfortheheart.com slash mentorship. Let's pray real quick before we go. Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care about every aspect of our life. And I pray that you will help each teacher right now. Help us, Father, if this is a helpful concept, I pray you'll continue to bring it up in our minds and help us to think about it. I pray you'll illuminate solutions and guide us to answers. Nothing nothing is simple or easy right now. These questions I brought up in many cases do not have, you know, answers that we can just snap our finger and implement. We've got staffing issues and worker shortages and all kinds of stuff going on. And I just pray that you will calm our, calm our hearts, calm our minds and guide us to the next steps and help us to trust you along the way and know that you will you are with us and that you will guide us and that um, you're using every challenge to grow and shape us and that we can trust you in them father we thank you for your great goodness to us in jesus name we pray amen well, thank you guys again so much. If you would like to share this episode with somebody, you can do that at teachfortheheart.com slash 182. Teachfortheheart.com slash 182. I should have mentioned that earlier. Sorry about that. So yeah, if you want to pass this episode along, um, teachfortheheart.com slash 182 is where the notes will be and the link to listen. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.